0: Welcome to Vineyard Hopkinton. As we follow Jesus together, we experience the Holy Spirit, create a multicultural community, and pursue kingdom of God justice. This morning, I hope to share a little bit about myself and share with you a a passage of scripture that's been a part of my life since I met the Lord. My prayer for each of you today is by hearing my story, it might do something into you similar to what it did in my life so long ago. Uh, As Sarah said, I come to you today from Columbus, Ohio, where I have been a pastor there for the last 15 years. If you don't know Vineyard Columbus, it's one of the largest vineyards in the world. I don't say that as a brag, but more to say that I'm just one of the pastors in the church. Over the weekend at Vineyard, we have uh, about 7,000 people across our five campuses and uh, our senior pastors. Eric and Julia Pickerel, who I want to pay homage to, and our founding pastor there is Richard Nathan, who is uh, most people know around the vineyard, and someone I consider my pastor and my friend. Okay, so I get the pleasure of serving as the staff pastor there, which involves caring from everybody, from our senior pastors down to our maintenance staff. It is a great job. We get to uh, I get to meet with them, try to care for their souls where they can come in. We have a, a chapel service, sort of like a chapel service on a weekly basis where we get an opportunity to, to talk and share and preach there. I also serve on a visitation care team. Um, so I go into nursing homes and hospitals anytime someone calls. Um, but I've also been known as the funeral pastor. And it's okay until you get those things mixed up when, when you, you wake up at the hospital and I'm next to you and you're like, Wait a minute, that's the funeral guy. What, what's, what, what's going on here? And uh, man, just to see the look on their faces sometimes. Just cracks you up like, like uh, no. I, 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 I feel like sometimes people are like, this is the Grim Reaper. I don't know if I want to be around this dude, okay? He does way too many funerals and I'm not young. I'm going to give my testimony today, but uh, it's not about me. It, you know, this is about me. But as I tell the story to you today, it, it's my hope is that you won't feel, you know, sad for me. You won't feel like, you know, whatever. This is about Jesus. This is all about how Jesus saved my life and... Uh, I know you guys have been talking a, a, a lot about different things that Sarah and Stephen was telling me about. But to be, put yourself in a position to be wholly surrendered unto Jesus is what I want to talk about today. To just be placed in a position where God, through his Holy Spirit, can come in and direct your life in a way that your life will never be the same. So I want to pray, and then I'll go ahead and get started. Uh, just never enough prayer, so let me pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here in front of each person here today. Lord, I pray that as I speak, that you would just, it would just come straight from your mouth uh, to my ears and come out of my mouth. I want this, Lord, word to be from you. I pray in the name of Jesus that uh, you would touch hearts today, draw people unto yourself by your Holy Spirit. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Let me uh, start off by telling you my faith story. Um, I grew up in Northeast Ohio. My parents weren't really into church. Uh, But they would occasionally take us. Uh, When my parents took us to church, we went to this holiness church. And this holiness church would be a lot of singing and dancing and a whole lot of stuff. And you stayed there a long time. Church would be like all day till evening. But then if I stayed with my grandparents... It was a little different my grandparents took us to the kingdom hall and it couldn't be any more different from holiness church to the kingdom hall of jehovah's witnesses so i can tell i tell everyone that when it comes to religion i grew up confused didn't really have a church background right out of high school i uh, I got my girlfriend pregnant, and we had, a, we had a son. Since she was still in high school, I was the primary caregiver for our son while she went to school during the day. When he was four months old, I decided that I needed to do something to better the life of my child and my, my girlfriend at the time. So I just decided to join the U.S. Army. Uh, I went down to the recruiting station, joined the Army on March 11th. On March 15th, my son died of SIDS. On March 18th, we had a funeral and buried my son. And then on March 22nd, against uh, what my, my girlfriend, my parents, my recruiter, and anybody that knew me said, don't go against all of that. I started basic training four days after I buried my son. Just 18, running away, and that's what I did. Um, it was around that time that my son died that I... I got really upset with God. I got upset with the church. I mean, it was good-meaning people that just said some very stupid things. You know, they just said stupid things. And I now know that the things they said about God was not true. But at that time, it just made me upset. I was stationed in Turkey after uh, uh, about two years later when I got a message from the Red Cross that I needed to come home because my mother was dying. I came home from Turkey, uh, got back to Northeast Ohio, and uh, my mother passed away on March 15th, two days to the date that my son had passed away. It was during that time that I even became more uh, just turned off about um, about God. I experienced a lot of things. Uh, it wasn't just the stupid things that people were saying. I was broken. I was just a broken young man, came from a a background, and things were just broken after... I had been in a failed marriage. I experienced depression, panic attacks, addiction of just about any kind that you have. And one day, my wife, who is a saint, uh, we had got married, and she would every day, she would every Sunday, she would wake up and ask me if I wanted to go to church. And uh, it happened on this particular Sunday. Uh, I'm going to just give you all real details, okay? So our children was out of town. My wife asked me to go to church. Our children was out of town. (laughs) She asked me, hey, Anthony, you want to go to church with me? And I was getting ready to give her my standard answer. My standard answer was no, pray for me, and don't get that preacher my money. (laughs) That was my answer. I'm like, no, I'm not going. Make sure you pray for me and don't get that preacher my money. That was my answer. But because I'm a man and because my children was gone, I said, you know what? If I be nice to my wife this morning, tonight she might be nice to me. I know how you're looking at me, but I'm married, okay? <laughs> I know how you might be looking at me, but that, that was it. Uh, uh, I'm just keeping it with fellas. You know what I mean, okay? I was just like, that's what I'm going to do. And sure enough, we, we, had a, we had a good week. Kids were gone. It was a good week. This is what happened, though. She asked me the very next week if I wanted to go to church again. And I'm thinking, oh, man, two weekends in a row. But the week was good. So I was like, OK, let, let's go to church. We had traveled that first week. We had traveled about 20 minutes uh, from our house to, to go to this church. And I, I would go to church occasionally. But I, I really, you know, this church that we went to that day, I didn't enjoy And so when she asked me to go again the next week, wasn't really crazy about it, but I decided to go. We up and we come outside of Fort Knox where we were stationed at the time. And I looked over in a strip mall and I seen a sign that said church. I'm like, hey, there's a church right there. Let's go to that one. (laughs) She was like, I don't know nothing about that church. I'm like, I don't know nothing about no church. But it's five minutes from the house. That one's 20 minutes from the house. Why don't we just go here? So because my wife gave in to her lazy husband, we end up going to this this strip mall, this church, and this strip mall behind the Hardee's. I think I smelled the biscuits too, but I don't miss a meal. Um, but uh, I... We go in, we, we get to this church, and I'll never forget it. I opened the door in this little strip mall, and my wife walks in, and I remember a couple people going in before me. And I walked in, and the door closed behind me. And anything shorter than an audible voice spoke to me and said, this is the place That I've wanted you to be all your life. And I stood there. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. What's going on? As soon as I went into the church, the power of the Holy Spirit hit me. I didn't know what the power of the Holy Spirit was, but this is what hit me. I can't explain this to you if you you want me to explain it, but I can tell you how I experienced this. We went, and because we were, it was so early, because we were expecting to drive over 20 minutes to get to this church. We're there early, and I go in and sit in the back, and I'm just crying my wife's like, Look, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't explain it. I couldn't tell her what was wrong with me. But I can tell you this it was the first time in my life that I started to feel the weight of my sin. I really didn't pay any attention to my sin, but I I felt the weight of it. It was the first time I felt dirty. I felt all of it, all the feels of what was going on in my life. I began to feel that, but at the same exact time, I felt an overall experience of love that I can't explain to you. I felt that I was loved for the first time in my life like I can't, like it was never before. And so I just sat there and I cried and I cried. And my wife kept asking me and I cried through the whole service. And I'm just thinking, would this preacher shut up and just ask people to come? Because I just want to tell everybody that I'm a follower of Jesus. I, I can't tell you guys how, um, how much that changed my life. Uh, I was 32 years old then, so I wasn't a young person. I wasn't someone that, uh, that you know, they usually this doesn't happen that, that late in your life. If you don't get saved as a young person, the chances of being saved later in life it diminishes each time. But I was. 32 years old I'll be 60 on my birthday so I've been doing that I've been walking with the Lord since there and there hasn't been a day in my life where I don't thank the Holy Spirit for what he did for me I share my testimony with you today knowing there's probably some people here today simply because someone asked you to come Or to make your your spouse happy that you're here. If you're a young person, you're here because maybe your parents should just drug you here. I just want to say that I'm happy that you're here. Because for whatever reason, not to hear from me, but you you have taken a step closer to creating an environment in your heart what the Holy Spirit can do something in you that will change your life like never before. and we, We've heard that. We've heard that. We've seen it. But I can only tell you that when God came into my life, I was never the same. I know in a crowd this size, there's some people, even though it's a church, it's some people that's still trying to I don't, you know, I go to church. I'm here right now, but I'm still not for sure about this this thing, this Jesus thing, if I have to be honest. I want to speak to you, if that's you, for a moment. We all have our own journey. You know, I sometimes wish when I hear people talk about you know, I I was, I've pretty much been saved all my life, or I got saved as a young adult, and sometimes I envy that. I wish that that was my testimony, but we're all on our own journey. We all have, we, we, you know... We, we have the parents that we have. We have the situations in which we grew up in. It doesn't matter. If you're here and you're in, under the sound of my voice, I just hope that you know that God's ways are so much higher than our ways. His thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. And if you're here today, he wants a relationship with you, and he can change your life. I'm going to read a verse, and from the very first time that I heard it, it just made sense. Just made sense. Just right off the bat, it made sense, and it became my life verse. It became my connection with how God wanted me to live, and it's a Galatians 2.20. And I'll put it up on a screen, and it, it can just stay there. And it says this, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's one of the verses that I can just roll off because it means so much to me. It it just was a part, as soon as I seen it, it made sense. Let's break it down. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. So uh, 2,000 years ago, you know, the person of Jesus walked around telling people that he was the son of God. Not a smart thing to do at that time. They were like, that's blasphemy. That's wrong." even though they've seen the miracles that he did, even though they said he does things that no human being has done, we've seen teachers come before him, come after him, but this person here is doing some things, and he wouldn't stop saying that he was the son of God, so they crucified him. In the same way, everyone who invites Jesus to come and to make his ho- make their home make his home in their heart was on that cross with him as Christ died the believer us those who believe in Jesus all of us died with him we all died with him We all were on that cross with him. He was a person, we we know that scripture says that the penalty for sin is death, yet he was without sin. It was for our sin in which he died. I no longer live. What this is saying is, surely as Christ died that day, I with him no longer lived. But if we know the Easter story, somebody just got excited. I did. (laughs) Huh? If we know the Easter story, three days later, he rose from the dead and is alive again. And as surely as I'm standing in front of you today, Jesus is alive and is at the right hand of the Father. He was Crucified. I was crucified with Christ and I no longer live. I died. But Christ lives in me. The person standing in front of you today is not the same person who walked in the church with his wife that day. No, don't get it wrong. The only person Whoever rose from the grave is Jesus himself. But it's him living inside of me, the power that raised Jesus up from the dead, is the power that comes and lives inside a believer. That's the power that's in each one of us that rose that raised Jesus from the dead. It's his power for the believer. The life I now live in the body. The body that walked in the church that day is the same body that that I walked out of church with. I was black when I walked in. I was black when I came out. I, I, I was even more handsome then than I am now. I mean, look at the profile. (laughs) But guys, seriously. The life I now live in this body. It was a time when this body, this person, this man who was born to Alain and Bobby Cannon cared about one person, cared about one thing, taking care of me, caring about my own flesh, I lived for me. The life I now live in this body, I live by faith of the Son of God. See, inside that person that walked out, so much had changed. I was a different person. Today I live by faith. To live by faith is to trust Jesus and allow him in every part of your life. Here's the cool thing about letting Jesus take home in your heart. He's never surprised by what he sees. That's simple, right? He's not surprised. He's not surprised by, by, by the dirt. He's not surprised about what you, you're hiding here. not surprised about what's on your phone. He's not surprised by what's in your diary. He's not surprised about any of it. He knows you I, I I for some reason when I first read this And I think back to when I got saved and I walked in there and I knew when I was walking in there what my intentions were, that I wasn't there really to run into Jesus, that I wasn't there to do any of these things. He knew my resume. And yet when I went in there, he said, this is the place that I've wanted you to be all your life. This is the place where I'm going to change you. And he did. He changed my life. He came into me in a way that I I can't explain to you. All the things that I had done to damage my soul. He says, I choose you. He picked me. He picked you. To live by faith is to surrender your entire home to him, saying, you can see it all. You can see it all. I surrender it all to you. I make room. I am wholly and fully surrendered to whatever it is that you want to do in my life. Why? Why? Who loved me and gave himself for me. Why would anybody surrender that? Why would you give anyone full access to your heart? Who deserves that kind of access? Who can you trust to surrender so fully to? Who? Someone who loves you so much that they would literally die for you. We, we, can, we can hear the sappy stuff and, and we, 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 you've heard it from your boyfriend and your girlfriend and your husband and your wife and your mother. I would die for you. And I, I think when we say that, we, 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 we're, we're honest. We, we want to be those people. Here's someone who actually did it. He's already died for you. He loves you so much that he already gave his life for you. Can I just be honest with you? We've all surrendered our hearts. We've surrendered ourselves to things that are not worthy of our hearts. We've all time lived to impress people that wouldn't give nothing for us. People have access to our lives through, through social media or whatever uh, like never being before. We invite people into our homes and we hope we don't you know, be embarrassed by what we let them see. But we don't show the dirt, the ugly, the non-filtered parts of our lives. See, God, what God is asking of you... What the Holy Spirit is doing in your heart today is asking you to open up the door of your heart and let them in. I see so many people these days wanting to be known by a world, by this world. What I'm asking from you today is to surrender to one and be known by the one who created the world. Stop trying to impress the world in one way or the other. And impress the one who made the world. The one who is already impressed by you. Who needed to hear that today? God is already impressed by you. He loves you. So as we surrender, as we say, I want to be in a position I, where, where I can meet God in some way and... I, I know many of you right here, in here today, you've already done this. You've surrendered your life to Christ. And I'm just preaching to you and sim every day we can more wholly surrender our lives to Christ. We can more wholly say, God, you can go, uh, you know, I've been trying to hide this from you, but I already know you know. So I, I just want you to, to, to change me into the person that you want me to be. Just help me to be fully surrendered by who you are. That's my message. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live. And this stacked five foot seven, muscle bound. Um, I mean, you, this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. My hope for you today, through all my talking and everything, is that you would be in a position where God can more fully pour into your life. No matter where you're at on the spectrum. Maybe you've been doing this for a long time. Maybe you're here for the first time today. I don't know where you're at, but it doesn't matter. Wherever you're at, to be fully surrendered, saying, every day, Lord, yesterday's manna is spoiled. I come before you today because I need you to do something special in me today. I want to be wholly surrendered to you. I want you to do everything you can. So I'm going to, be, I'm going to finish by reading the scripture just to read this over you. And then uh, the worship team, I think, is coming. This is David from Psalm 139. He said, God, investigate my life reading from the message Eugene Peterson says God investigate my life get all the facts firsthand I'm an open book to you even from a distance you know what I'm thinking you know when I leave and when I get back I'm never out of your sight you know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence you look behind me. I look behind me and you're there. Then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You're already there, waiting. Then I said to myself, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. In fact, darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. And yes, you've shaped me, first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something like an open book. You watch me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd live one. Your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful. God, I'll never comprehend them. I can't even begin to count them any more than I can count the sand of the sea. Oh, let me rise in the morning and live always for you. That's the sound of a person who's wholly surrendered to God. And so that's my word for you, wherever you find yourself is to ask God to search me. If you're saying this is um, this is not the this is not my first rodeo, then just ask Him to do it closer. If this is your first time, then ask Him coming in your life for the first time. God bless you. It's been a pleasure to be before you. <laughs>